0: Business Podcast is brought to you in association with ED's Sustainable Business Covered Podcast and it's the only place where corporate sustainability and energy professionals can get under the skin of the world's most ambitious emissions reductions targets. So welcome and enjoy the journey to a net zero future. and welcome along to Edie's Net Zero Business Podcast, our spin-off podcast series focusing on the growing need for organisations of all sizes and sectors to align their strategies with climate science, setting net zero emissions goals. I'm Edie's senior reporter, Sarah George, and I'm happy to be bringing you this episode for April 2022. Since the UK government set its 2050 net zero target into law, lots of other countries have followed suit. According to Net Zero Tracker, National and regional targets now cover 90% of global GDP. This means that globally, more and more businesses are trying to get ahead of the political curve, strengthening their carbon and energy strategies. This series sees Ed speaking with the trendsetters and trailblazers in that movement, so the organisations that have set updated net zero targets. This series gives us insight on just how much work into developing these targets and what it will take to achieve them, in 35 minutes or less per episode. We've had a range of different organisations guest speaking on this series since we launched it back in early 2020, to name a few, the Co-op, IHG and the National Trust. And today, Levy, UK and Ireland is joining that cohort of organisations. For those unfamiliar with Levy, it is one of the UK's largest contract catering companies, managing the food for venues including London's O2, London Excel and events like the Wimbledon Tennis Championships and the Glenbourne Opera Festival. The company is owned by Compass Group, which last year set an overarching group-wide net zero target for 2030. Levy UK and Ireland has gone one step further and set its own net zero ambition for 2027. After setting that target last year, Levy UK and Ireland appointed its first Net Zero lead Kevin Watson, who is our guest for this episode. Kevin is on hand to provide us with an overview of the emissions footprint of the business and how it can be decreased using a mix of new technologies, different processes, and most importantly, engagement from all departments. So without further ado, let's play that discussion with Kevin in full. A very good afternoon to you, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. How are, how are we doing?
1: Yeah, we're good. It's uh, Tuesday afternoon, so we're, uh, we're doing well. Thanks very much.
0: We are, and yeah, it's it's odd. I've just got on the ph- on the phone with um with Kevin, being that we're actually both recovering from COVID at the moment. So I imagine it's quite nice to just see and chat to another person. I've been in the house all alone for a a week at this point, so uh, to see a friendly face is good, and to talk to a company's first net zero lead as well is always interesting. Um, so as I will have said in the introduction to this interview, um, Kevin is the Net Zero lead for UK and Ireland at, um, at Levy. Um, so it'd be great to get an introduction to you, Kevin, because I understand that this is a, a new role um, and that it's your first sort of step into sustainability f- full time. So an introduction to yourself and the role would be a, a great place to start.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. So the Net Zero uh role was created to ensure that leave delivers on our kind of um, net zero um, promise. Um, you know, we're the UK's largest um, sports and events caterer. Um you probably recognise a few of them um if you had a look at Leavey UK. And we understand that we need to set a sustainability agenda but be- because of that. You know, there's a kind of an industry-wide revolution going on and you know a role like mine is kind of needed to ensure that I kind of operate an operator level that we do that um I suppose a little bit about me um I've been relieving UK and Ireland um for just over nine years um an operator at heart um like running large-scale venues Excel London being one of them and I think most recently um my work took me to Glasgow, where I was um, the strategic and operational lead for um, COP26. So that was kind of working from a kind of two years before the actual event up until the actual event and the delivery event. Now, we'd always looked at a stance of going, you know, if we look at the the strategy around that was kind of um, local and seasonal to kind of drive um, a low carbon menu, which I think we definitely achieved. Um, in many fronts, you know, there was um, lots and lots of initiatives that, that we put forward. Um, and I think what we're doing that is then taking them and using them in our own business as a kind of catalyst for change. So, again, back to my role, um, as if we, do, we didn't have a net zero lead, we put out our commitment um, in July last year. And it seemed like the obvious next step for me as I kind of got more interested in sustainability, um, that I spoke to to my kind of line manager and said, you know, because we can't just, you know, I can't just become part of my day to day role. I don't have enough capacity to do that. So we we took about 50% of my operational duties out. And um, so I was looking after um, two sites up in Scotland that I no longer do, um, which now gives me capacity to really kind of um, step back and looking at that. um, As I said, I'm definitely not the scientist in the room. Um, I'm the operator. I'm becoming a lot more, you know, I'm I'm soaking up and I think learning like everybody is at the minute, you know, but my focus will be on implementing a kind of a bottoms up approach. So, you know, we have our consultants who have helped us with our um, our roadmap and our kind of scientific based our scientific-based roadmap and we have SMEs in our business as well but for me it's about taking everything we learn on a day-to-day basis distilling that down and creating that kind of tailored plan for every one of our venues so that we can move on so um, I'm really looking forward to it I think it's an exciting juncture you know as we kind of come out of um I suppose COVID and other things that are happening out the world, I think it gives us a real opportunity. Um, I think sustainability is firm on the agenda. And I think I can definitely I see already where I can um help um I can help change and help move forward um, and play a part in that.
0: Great. Well it's definitely a super exciting time to be entering this sort sort of career. And yeah, I know all too well the absorbing of the information um, is something that takes time. Um, and t- continues to always go on. Um, I wanted to talk, I know I know you said you're doing a lot of work on the ground, but I did want to talk about strategy development, um, because obviously your brand does have a parent company, uh, Compass Group UK and Ireland, um, that has its own net zero vision and I think set them out slightly earlier than July, um, as, you men- as you mentioned. Um, so I wanted to get a feel for where net zero strategizing and management sits in in relation to that. This is like a parent company, and then like as you say, a family of company with some SMEs in it as
1: well. Yeah, Compass UK and Ireland is our kind of parent brand in the UK, and Levy um, sits as a sector um, as that. But there is lots of you know in any organisation, lots of um, cross sector um, conversations and in sector conversations. So I think you know as we kind of set our, our roadmap. You know, we're working with um, South Polar, our kind of climate consultants, who probably started about two years ago, and mapping that out for us to to map out the kind of top-line scientific-based targets and everything that we were um, looking to achieve. Now, I think Compass and Levy are kind of ahead of our competitors in terms of um, sustainability and our commitments. and um, And we're already delivering on um, some of them. So I think we will be driven from Compass UK and Ireland, but then each sector kind of has looked at its own, um, has its own set, its own mini set of drivers, I suppose, because they're slightly um, slightly different. Levy went and set out our kind of 2027 20, ambition compared to, to um, Compass UK and Ireland's 2030 ambition. And I think you know they're both as equally um i think ambitious you know if you look around the globe at some of the commitments that are coming out then i do think you know we are kind of setting the way in many ways um you know um, levy uk and ireland um we've had um our levy cares commitments in place since 2018 um which was covered off um Environmental game changers, um, health and well-being, and better for the world. Um, and we've had some really good traction on there. Into things were like plant forward, um, which is about actively reducing red meat, plant-based, and you know when it talks about our kind of sustainability of people, about becoming a kind of living wage company, um, and you know Levy, we said that we'd like to do that by 2023, and at 2022, um, we're now playing all of our variable and fixed employees, um, our real living wage in the UK. So we just felt that as part of the agenda, um, Levy was just maybe a little bit more ahead um, in with working with our clients and partners. So that's why we've put out our, um, our 2027 commitment. But it's not about doing it on its own. As we say, we do have our um, net zero director, um, Carlin Ball. So she's um, net zero director for Compass UK and Ireland. And then each sector has got its own net zero lead within that so that we can push against Carlin and understand, you know, if we've some questions uh, from a more kind of technical side, Um, you know, then work with South Pole, like run about uh, measurement uh, validation. From that perspective, we have our, we have cross sector groups on the kind of operator, but then also within Levy, my job is about going out and finding those sustainability ambassadors in our many sectors within it to really help us um, drive that forward. Um, hopefully that answered some of the mechanics of um, of Compass UK and Ireland and how Levy fits into that.
0: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for that overview. I think it's just always worth asking. I've never found two businesses do the architecture of that exactly um, the same. So it always bears asking. Um, And I wanted to come on to you've mentioned some of the things the business was doing before updating strategy to tackle emissions. So I wanted to get I know you'll be working um, with people that look more in depth at where emissions come from and exactly how to um, abate them in a science-based way. But I did want to just get an overview of the company's main sources of emissions um, and how to reduce them. I know you've mentioned that um, obviously the food itself um, is a big one. So looking at local, seasonal um, and plant-based is is part of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we are a food company. So I think, um Food, drink, and consumable emissions are the kind of the you know, will be our kind of um will be our largest um impact. And I think, you know, the impact of all food related emissions is, you know, ranked number one in the greatest causes the global warming. Um, going forward, you know, as an industry, we must focus on mobilising the change needed to deliver our ambitious um, sustainability commitments. You know, we're working closely with our business. So, you know, um, we do have an internal procurement division, um, food buy who in turn, the same as Levy has its sustainability, um, uh, leads Foodbuy also has its sustainability um, leads as well, you know, so they're going out and talking to all of our supply chain um, to understand what what they're doing and understand how that fits back into our business. But that that's not easy, Sarah, and that will take, you know, one, two years to kind of figure that out, maybe a little bit more as we move through that. Um, and, that, and we'll be able to feed that into our plan as we move through. But if I think about some of the stuff that we're doing now and the stuff that we're focusing on that, that can be really tangible. So Levy um, had an air freight ban put in place last year. And so all fruit and vegetable has to either come from the UK or off a truck. There's just certain, you know, certain elements of maybe citrus fruits, um, oranges, those types of things that, you know, we just, um, bananas, we just, you know, we're not saying that we need to pull all of these out, but when they do come into the country, that they come in in a more sustainable way. And I think that then has allowed us to go out and speak to the local suppliers and the local supply chain. You know, it's crucial for the caterers to take greater steps in in food production and the process and forging close meaningful relationships with um, our suppliers. So whilst Foodbuy does our procurement, it's my job to go out and actually look at that kind of sustainable supply chain, understand who's out there so that then I can go back and then as my role, educating the teams on the ground what they where that um, sustainable um, source comes from. So we're also committed to developing, you know, um, appealing menus, we want to encourage customers to make more carbon friendly choices, We believe that this can be achieved from providing that kind of um, plant form adoptions, um, alongside um, reducing the portions of the animal protein that goes into our dishes um, you know maybe using meat more as a garnish so um, before maybe where we used to have a pork chop maybe braising the pork down and then having it on top um, would be kind of one of those things and then you know at conferences maybe creating kind of lighter menus uh, without compromising on the kind of um, the quality or the taste so as I said when we look at plant forward which was quite a big thing that. We looked at in COP26, um, you know, at, actively reducing the amount of meat proteins. So, you know, we only had three, um, or sorry, two dishes on at um, COP26 out of the sixty had red, red meat in them. Uh, one of them was our beef burger that we served in our um, in our retail kiosk, but we looked at that as with a plant-forward approach. So where we'd normally have say 190 grams of red meat we took that and took that down to 95 grams and replaced that with um real good quality plant based uh, proteins um kale barley mushrooms so you're not too, you're actually adding more flavor in but not but reducing the amount of the meat so you take that kind of carbon footprint say from 5.4 down to about 3.3 um something like that so drastically reducing um that without um without um you know taking away the flavor and then i suppose marrying our plant forward approach you know um the average for cop 26 again 65 all of all our dishes served was defined as low at 0.5 um, percent co2 um and then the remaining all sat in the kind of medium mark so you know this was not only about educating the customer and also enabling them to make the right decisions I've already spoke about our Levy Cares charter. Um, I mean, I can't share this with you so you can share it with your listeners, but it's also available. It's on our website. You know, we're, we, we're not trying to shy away from any of this because it's about, you know, moving through this. It's all about bite sized chunks, isn't it? And educating and saying, okay, if you change to a seasonal menu, it means this. If you go to plant forward, it means this. If you go to plant based, it means this. And, and all of these little incremental changes make a massive difference. So we actually have them all documented and we will keep on documenting them as we change through, not only to kind of educate our own teams, but also demonstrate the changes that are being done within our business. But then if, other, you know, if, if our competitors or other people in the field want to have a look at that to see what does it actually mean, then we can um, help them do that um, as well.
0: Thank you. I, is the bite-sized chunks metaphor just so that you've been working with food for so long?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of them as like uh, lots of these um, food related um, <coughs> um, bites come along. There is one other point. Um, We have um, created our recipe for change website. I'm not sure if you've seen the one that we created for COP26. So you can, it's um, recipe for change, um, cop26.co.uk. And actually, it outlines all the strategies and all of those bite-sized chunks and those interventions, actions, objectives that we've done to deliver COP26. And in turn, we've actually, we're in the process and we have just launched our new levy-based one, which actually has our, our roadmap with our intent, and you know we're starting to build that list of sustainable suppliers on there. Case studies of what we've done it. You know, um, if I look at Cheltenham, we we look after Cheltenham within the and the Jockey Club, and some of the things that you know they they use Climato to kind of carb, um, which is Climatos are carbon. Uh, food printing tool that we use to you know we put it in and it gives the carbon footprint of all the dishes so um that took place at Cheltenham um <clears throat> there was a drive around about um food waste and and utilization of like the full carcass and and the full and the full vegetable when we used it so' about actively trying to push down the food waste um, and we're in the process of doing the case study which will be live on um, on there as well.
0: Great. I'm, I'm sure that will be of use to listeners because obviously these are short episodes and we can't fit in everything. Um, we have touched a little bit on a lot of different kinds of engagement. So you've mentioned with clients and how customers are being engaged with things like carbon labelling and plant forward um, choices. And also we've touched on um, supplier engagement. But I wanted to come on to as well staff engagement, which you said is a, a big part of um, of your role. We often get asked, well, how do we get our staff on board Um, With net zero, how do we build build that network? Um, So I wanted to see your
1: learnings on that. Yeah, and my view is, as I said, I've said it already. It's like that bottoms up approach, and it's about tackling at every level. You know, we, you know, we have you know senior leaders in the business, right down to our kitchen porter, our event managers, our head chefs, to um, you know the back of house manager, and and they all come at it from a different angle, but I've always found that if it's overcomplicated, they just won't understand it. They just won't absorb it. So as I said, that's my key role is to ch- is to take um one maybe like the seasonal calendar for example. Take the seasonal calendar. You know we're coming into spring and summer, which is always you know my favourite time of the year. Um and you know we come in abundance of the UK, but actually what does it what does it mean? So it's creating like uh, for me um short light-sized kind of marketing campaigns on uh, digital shops that we can get out to our teams in a really succinct way, not have it hidden in the middle of a you know, 46 pages on all the kind of technical data. It's about really educating, you know, um, food waste moments um, Mm. on our Levy um, Instagram and um, LinkedIn. This month, we started a kind of daily um, food waste campaign. So we had one from the Oval yesterday and I think Leicester Tigers today. So we're going out to all our venues to say in food waste month, what are you doing in your venue? And everyone is coming with a different innovation and we're going to shout about that because, you know, we could look at that internally and we will keep on putting it through our own channels internally. But it's also about going, you know, there's so much information out there um, at the minute. So I definitely think it's about breaking it down into bite-sized chunks and getting it to the team. We also, um, last Tuesday, um, a week ago, We had our first um, Levy sustainability day where we had um, 240 um, Levy team members, um, our partner clients, our suppliers and SMEs in the room and we done a a six or seven hour day where we done, um, I led I kind of what part do I play in the company now so it's about that culture, education, listening to partners, creating plan. But then we also heard from we 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 held um, two supplier um panels to talk about what their commitments are, what what they seen as, some of the challenges that they'll face. We've got some of our partners up there. Um from um, Wimbledon, the O2, from Baston to talk about what their plans are in the future and how we dovetail into that and support it. And then we got our, we had some SMEs as well. Um, um, Dr. Vincent Walsh to talk about um to talk about biodiversity and about regenerative farming. So again, all of that is about um, real kind of. Pr- putting out our intent. You know, we're very honest to say we don't have the answer to absolutely everything, but we've got a very clear path at the minute. We've mapped out the kind of 140 current interventions that that will be required. We're trying to work through each of those to understand how we tick them off, how we educate them, how we instill them into our business, and then move on to the next one. And we're really getting we've got amazing feedback and engagement from it. You know, we're coming across from a from a really kind of a genuine way, hopefully. You know, we're not trying to hide away from it. We're saying this is what it is, but we're also saying it's going to be tough as well. But with the likes of myself and the support of our SMEs and our external um consultants, um, I think we're we're really moving forward in many ways.
0: I'd say that yeah, engagement is something we get asked so much about um, with with net zero, definitely on the on the sort of culture change piece. And Kevin, I know I only have you for a few more minutes. So there was one technical question that I want to come back to, which we cover in every episode of this series. Um, so we always like to ask as well uh, about the role of offsetting yeah. um, in getting to net zero for the for the organisation that we have on as a guest.
1: Yeah. So as we know, we we reach the climate net zero position when we've reduced our absolute emissions by at least 80%, um, with the remaining 20% or less neutralized through um, carbon credits. So from 2027, um, that's when we will start to, you know, look at offsets. We're already, you know, working with the consultants to buy some really good quality offsets. That we can use but i think for us it, it kind of maybe clouds it a little bit if you're offsetting too quickly because we'd much rather use our kind of our, our current money resource you know to to get to the and nut, the nuts and bolts of the problem you know we have a massive commitment and very ambitious to get there by 2027 and we really want to focus on that and any kind of um extra commercial money needed for that at the minute to solve that problem. So, you know, once we get to 2027, we will, you know, whatever carbon is left in our business, if we haven't reached our commitment, then we will offset then. But our aim is not to do it before then, Sarah.
0: Great, thank you, Kevin, for the quick note on offsetting um I'm aware that we've come to the end of our call today and to the end of our time on this podcast, but I'd like to say thank you um so much um for your insight and for for popping on um and I look forward to catching up with you um as as time goes on for some more um more updates on on this net zero journey.
1: yeah, thanks for having me Sarah and I think one final point you know mm-hmm. The more people that we get interested in it at every level, then I think, you know, the quicker we can move forward on it. And the more, you know, when it doesn't become a day to day chore, it just becomes our culture. Then I think that's that will be the really exciting change for us. A
0: big thank you once again to Kevin for his time. And of course, we here at ED will be following the UK and Ireland's future net zero developments. So we've now reached the net zero news in brief part of this episode. So this is a section of the podcast dedicated to summarising the headlines from the global net zero conversation from recent weeks. With nations and subnational actors across the world changing their approach to energy generation, storage and trading in the face of Russia's war in Ukraine. And with us now having a few days to digest the latest IPCC report, it has been a fast moving conversation this month. First up, I do want to start with the IPCC report, specifically it is the report on mitigation. After previous reports in this reporting cycle laid out the extent of global temperature increases to date, and looked at what warming will mean for nature, society and the economy in the coming decades, this report is all about the solutions. The headline conclusion is that global emissions need to peak by 2025 and then enter a rapid decline thereafter, for net zero to be achieved, either by 2050 or 2070. Delivering emissions cuts of this speed and scope will require a significant scaling back of existing and future fossil fuel extraction and use. However, the report is optimistic that we do have the technologies needed to deliver this transition. The main barriers now are political will and hesitancy from the private sector. Secondly, we can zoom in on the private sector. The UK Government has this week, we're recording this episode on the 8th of April, introduced its mandate for disclosures in line with the recommendations of the Task Force on Climate Related Disclosures, the TCFD for short. The TCFD mandate will apply to around 1,300 large end user businesses and large financial firms in the first instance. So, at the same time, a coalition of investors convened by the Institutional Investors Group on Climate Change, have written to 17 high-carbon companies asking for better climate risk disclosures. So this has been a big topic this week. Finally, zooming in even further, new net zero goals have been announced in the past week or so by Del Monte Foods and by Ibstock. Del Monte Foods has announced a 2050 net zero goal and confirmed its intention to develop 1.5c-aligned science-based targets to support its long-term vision. Ibstock, meanwhile, has pledged to cut scope 1 and 2 emissions by 40% this decade as it works towards an already announced 2040 net zero target. Well, that's about all we have time for for this episode. But before I sign off, I wanted to highlight the new Sustainable Business Leadership Report that we have recently published on ED. This is a report that we're hosting in association with Centrica Business Solutions and it reveals the findings of our recent survey of more than 250 sustainability professionals, providing a snapshot of trends across the profession. It also has two great forwards contributed by Magali Anderson at Wholesome and by Tor Burrows at Grosvenor Property UK. So this is one not to be missed. You can access your copy of the Sustainable Business Leadership Report for free by visiting ed.net forward slash content forward slash download. That's ed.net forward slash content forward slash download so for now that is really all the time we have for the net zero business podcast for this episode if you've enjoyed listening and i really hope you have all of past ed podcast episodes can be found on our soundcloud on our apple on our google Podcasts, and on our spotify you can also subscribe to our podcast on any of these platforms to make sure you never miss an episode in the future But for this particular episode, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye.